You're listening to episode 10 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. In today's episode, I want to chat with you about a special group of students, those who have limited or interrupted formal education, otherwise known as SLIFE. Chances are many of us have encountered a student from this group at least once. And with everything that is going on in the world right now, we are likely to see more and more need to help these children that had found themselves in difficult situations due to no fault of their own. So today I will share with you everything I know about SLIVE students, who they are, what they need, how they learn, how we can teach them, as well as give you five do's and don'ts for your classroom. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a bit different from my typical teaching tips episodes. Today, I want to talk about a special group of English learners who need an additional layer of support. As I'm recording this, it is day five of the war waged by Russia on the Ukraine. And for me personally, it hits really close to home. Historically, Lithuanians are very aware of what their eastern neighbor is capable of, and we're watching closely, supporting, rooting, doing what we can. It has been really difficult for me to focus on anything other than watching the news and supporting the couple, the people I care about, as well as those I know absolutely nothing about, and I hope the little me can make a difference no matter how small. As I was choosing the topic for today's podcast, naturally, nothing that has been normal up to today fit. So I decided to go with my gut. I love teaching vocabulary, but I cannot talk about it today. I thoroughly enjoy creating speaking activities, but it seems not enough right now. What is making sense in this moment is to talk about meaningful teaching of students who have gone through the trauma of war and have limited or interrupted schooling, either as a result of war or because of the geographical location they're coming to us from. Yes, we're talking about students with limited or interrupted formal education, otherwise known as SLIFE. Before I dive in, I wanted to make a note. I'm sharing what I have learned in conferences, workshops, and my own limited experience of working with this particular group of students. I'm always looking for more practical information. And if you would like to hear more about this topic or know who would be a great expert in this area to interview, please email me at simplyyeva at gmail.com. So who are SLIFE students? According to WIDA website, students with limited or interrupted formal education is a term used to describe a diverse subset of the English language learner population who share several unifying characteristics. SLIFE are usually new to the U.S. school system and have been interrupted or have had interrupted or limited schooling opportunities in their country. They have limited backgrounds in reading and writing in their native languages and are below grade level in most academic skills. 
I would like to add to this that in my experience, students from European countries tend to have high literacy despite the unfortunate situations they're coming from. Slave students could be refugees, migrant students, or any students who experienced limited or interrupted access to school. Uh, this could be due to poverty, isolated locations, limited transportation, social expectations on who should attend school and who shouldn't, the need to work, support the family, natural disasters, war, and so on. They may have lived in refugee camps where access to education was limited or non-existent. They may have never gone to school, or they may have missed six months, a year or two. They can also be students from unfortunate family situations in other countries that are not at war or political turmoil, where going to school was not an option or a possibility. In any case, their world is radically different than the one they enter when they come to school in the United States. The situation has been further complicated by the fact that the world has been in the grips of the pandemic for the past couple of years, and different countries dealt with it differently. For example, some of my students missed a year or more of school simply because when the country shut down, they didn't have the resources to keep the education going. Others had to flee their country suddenly due to political persecution and ended up stranded somewhere else where education was not possible. As you can see, although there is a blanket or umbrella term for these students uh, to qualify as SLIFE, the situations will still vary greatly. So how do SLIFE students learn? When we get a new student who has limited or no formal education, especially when they're in their teens or older, we naturally wonder about how we can help them, where we can meet them education-wise, and where we can even begin. It is important for all of us educators to understand the unique needs, unique language, literacy, academic, social, emotional, cultural needs of these students. And they need special programs or at least programs that take uh, certain aspects into uh, consideration. So a program that addresses the acculturation to the U.S. school system. Acculturation is the process of learning and incorporating the values, beliefs, language, customs, and mannerisms of the new country immigrants and their families are living in. It is a long process, and honestly, one may not ever feel fully comfortable in their new living environment, of course, depending on the age that they were when they arrived. The learning programs also need to attend to the social-emotional needs of these students, such as poverty, PTSD, family separation, or reunification. In these programs, we need to provide focused initial literacy instruction, especially appropriate for teens, as well as focused academic skills instructions to bridge their gaps in knowledge. And of course, we need to integrate content and language instruction. Now, SLIFE students often need all of the other needs, emotional, psychological, and physiological met before they're even able to engage in education. A few years back, I attended a workshop during the Northern New England TESOL conference where the presenters introduced uh, something that is a little bit of a mouthful to pronounce, but it has an easy acronym. 
the Mutually Adaptive Learning Paradigm Instructional Approach, or acronym MALP, and I will link their website in the show notes. Now, the presenters broke down the simple terms, what we should expect from SLIFE students, and how we can adapt our teaching to help them. They pointed out that there are two worlds, if you will, that of the SLIFE students and that of the expectations in the U.S. schools. If you have ever had a chance to travel outside your country, under normal circumstances, no trauma or running away, and preferably not to a cushy resort where everyone speaks English, you probably understand what this means. Whatever is normal or important in the U.S. may not be a thing in another country. From food and eating habits to the size of cars and apartments to the value placed on culture and arts versus sports. Whenever I work with an absolute newcomer, whether slife or not, I see this new world of theirs through their eyes. And trust me, a lot of things that are important and sometimes seem like a problem to us makes no sense to them at all. These two worlds, uh, that of ours and our expectations, and the one of our life students can easily collide because they're both radically different. But there are three ways on how we can help these students. The first one is to accept the current situation for both us and them. The second one is to combine the processes in which we are trying to bridge the gap. And then the third one is focusing on new activities. So how does this look in real life? Let's take a look at what's important to SLIFE students versus the U.S. school expectations. So when we're thinking about accepting learning conditions, We have to meet the student where they are at the moment they arrive in our classroom. That is, a student with limited or interrupted schooling experience knows their community and culture and is looking for immediate relevance to their world in what they're learning. The questions they might be asking, even if subconsciously, are how does what I am learning apply to my life and how can I use this information and share it? They need to feel connected, and by acknowledging this, we allow them to feel valued and buy into their own learning. By contrast, a U.S. school places value on the subject relevance in the future. For example, information and credits that are necessary for one to gather so they can go to college sometime in the future or pass a unit test or pass SAT. This makes no sense to quite a few SLIFE students because they do not see how this can help them right now. Let's touch upon individualism versus collectivism as well. SLIFE students come from backgrounds where shared responsibility and collectivistic culture are valued over individual achievement. However, when they start going to school in the U.S., individualism is expected. Students are responsible for their own work, and even if they work in groups, they are assessed for their individual performance. So this may seem like a little bit of a forum practice to them. Now, remember I mentioned immediate relevance? This includes learning in ways that are practical and students can easily implement them right away. So, for example, think about if you come from a different type of society where you can immediately help your community by fixing or constructing something. Now, here, 
In the Western world, critical thinking and problem solving are valued and sought after. So when they enter U.S. schools, life students are required to deal with information that is decontextualized. Think about social studies assignments or science experiments. And they require, it, they require academic thinking skills in English. Now, while these pose difficulties due to the fact that their immediate relevance may not be clearly seen, it is important to help SLIFE students learn this way. And here is where the tips come in. Based on the above information, there's a way to reach your SLIFE students. As with everything in life, when you give a little, you get a lot. What I mean by that is, what if we took part of their world, what is familiar to them, and part of our Western world and melded the two together. We can take something that is immediately relevant to them, something they already understand and something that helps them feel connected, and then we can work with it through both shared responsibilities such as group work, discussions, and individual work, writing sentences or recording their own story. This can be further developed by using simple and familiar language to help them learn new processes and concepts which are required in an academic setting. So to break it down even more, I wanted to share five do's and do don'ts that you can try in the classroom. And of course, if it's a don't, don't try it in the classroom. So do use lots of realia. This is in line with the immediate relevance aspects of learning. So realia could be anything from tangible objects to uh, images to uh, whatever they can see and possibly touch. Don't use worksheets, especially if you are working on social studies such as U.S. history or language arts. They are decontextualized and meaningless to SLIFE students, at least until they get the why of it all. Now, do not ask them to raise their hand and put them on the spot. They're there, but not necessarily following your teaching the way you think they are. In addition, putting them on the spot does not promote learning, especially if the student cannot fully follow the class. Avoid true-false type statements. They make no sense to majority of SLIFE students. Why would you give me a statement that is false when you can teach me the concept and I will do my best to get it? Do break down complex tasks. Look at the language of the tasks. For example, do they need to read, write, to discuss? Look at the required vocabulary. For example, the words cell for science, revolution in history, predicate in language arts. Examine the content of the task. What does the student need to know prior to proceeding with the actual task? And allow the students to use simple everyday language, but teach them the process, such as lab write-up or paragraph structure. Meet the students in the middle. Remember the three things you can do. Work with what is familiar to them. Allow for collaborative learning to get to individual accountability and focus on new activities in familiar language and content. Finally, never assume it is difficult for us to know exactly what their world is, but it is important for us to meet them where they are right now. I hope you found this helpful. Thanks for listening and until next time. <music> 
before you go, I'd like to invite you, when you're ready, to check out the resources for ESL teachers on Simply Yeva ESL website and Teachers Be Teachers. If you are a newer ESL teacher or have never worked with beginner level English learners, you will greatly benefit from the ebook Teaching Absolute Beginners, the ESL Teacher's Handbook, where you will learn or review the basics of teaching this group of students. Another great resource for any teacher is 25 authentic speaking activities with complete lesson plans. Just print or project and your lesson is done. But the crown jewel of all the lessons that you can find on my website and in the Teachers Pay Teacher store is the ESL Teaching Roadmap, which encompasses all of the above resources and exclusive members-only content. For example, monthly uploads of scope and sequence, new creative lessons for both ESL newcomers and mixed proficiency level classes, as well as members-only access to 30-minute consultations, because as ESL teachers, we sometimes need to talk it out. If you are interested and ready, I'd like to offer a 10% off coupon just for podcast listeners. Use code ESLpodcast at checkout, and I am looking forward to seeing you inside. 